Let me say it, Zion. I'm in my car, but I'm going to get it in for Jesus one time. Come on, let's go, let's go, let's go, let's go. 
Y'all know this one. Sing along with me. Every praise, every word of worship. Take it up. Thank you. 
those were saving So you came and changed my life You thought I was worth keeping So you cleaned me up inside You thought I was the devil So you sacrificed your life So I could be free So I could be so I can tell everyone I know So you came You thought I was worse So you cleaned me up inside You thought I was to die for So you sacrificed so I could be free, so I could be whole, so I could tell everyone I know, you thought I was, so you came, you thought I was worth, so you cleaned me up inside, you thought I was to die for. So I can be free, so I can be whole, so I can tell everyone I know. Hey, you changed. You thought I was worth, so you cleaned me up inside. You thought I was the So I can be free, so I can be whole, so I can tell everyone I know. Thought I was to die for. Oh, you thought I was to die for. 
So, Father God, in the name of Jesus, we just thank you for this time. We thank you for this opportunity, God, that we have. This day that is like no other day before. This day that we've never seen before. This time that we've never seen before. God, while we're isolated, we're not far from you, God. While we're separated from one another physically, we're still together spiritually. And the Bible says where two or three are gathered, there you are in the midst. So God, on this morning when the rain is falling in some places, the sun is shining in other places, God, you are to be glorified on this day like never before. So God, we exalt you as the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. We thank you, God, for being an awesome God, for being a creator, for being our Jehovah Jireh, our provider, for being Jehovah Nisi, our banner of victory. And as the song just said, God, after all we've done, after all we've been through, God, we simply stand on your word. So God, on this day, at this time, and at this moment, we give you full reign, we give you full authority, we give you full opportunity to operate in our lives on today, God. We ask you, God, to forgive us of our sins. 
sins of admission and sins of omission. Sins against your will and sins against your purpose. Sins against your plan for our life, oh God. And God, we ask you right now just to touch us with your anointing. Fill us up from the crown of our head to the soles of our feet, oh God, so that lives can be changed, souls can be delivered, that you can get the glory out of all of this. God, I don't do this for form, fashion, or show, but I do it as my worship unto you, oh God. So God, hide me behind the cross so that the people see none of me, but they see all of thee. Speak through me, speak with me, speak to me so that lives can be changed, souls can be delivered. You can get the glory. In Jesus' name, we pray. And let the body of Christ say, amen, amen, amen. And welcome to Liberty Christian Church International, where our motto is, where the spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. I'm so excited to be with you on today. I'm excited that we have this opportunity to be in the presence of God. And as we get ready to go forward in the word, just take a moment real quick to simply listen to this, our intro for our service today. I'm going to get into some word and it's going to be an awesome time in the presence of the Lord. If you're on Facebook, Twitter, Periscope, whatever it may be, share this with somebody. Share this on your page. It's an awesome day. This is our first Sunday and if you have uh, crackers and juice, please get it prepared. This is Communion Sunday as well. So we're going to get into the presence of God. Amen. Be blessed. Welcome to Liberty Christian Church let us join Pastor Thomas Brockenberg II for the final installment of the series, Living Your New Life in Christ. Today's sermon is entitled, Let God Change Your Behavior, taken from Colossians chapter 3, verses 8 through 17. Amen. And if you have your Bibles, lift up your Bibles so we can make our Bible declaration and we can get into some word this morning. I'm excited about concluding this series. And if you have your Bibles, lift up your Bibles, cell phones, whatever you may have, and repeat after me, Lord, I thank you that I have a Bible. It is my personal copy of God's purpose, God's plan, and God's design for my life. Therefore, I am a believer and not a doubter. I'm not just a hearer, but I'm also a doer. And my life has been better after hearing the word of the living God. Therefore, my mind is alert. My heart is receptive. I will not be distracted, but I will hear what thus saith the Lord. And as a result of what I hear today, I'm going to leave here better than I came. In Jesus' name, we pray. Amen. If you have your Bibles, open up your Bibles to the uh, third chapter of the book of Colossians. We've been in this place for the last uh, three weeks and we're going to close it out today in the third chapter, beginning at the eighth verse, beginning at the eighth verse. And it reads as this reading from the New American Standard Bible. It says this, but now you also put on, put them all aside, anger, wrath, malice, slander, and abusive speech from your mouth. 
Do not lie to one another since you laid aside the old self with its evil practices and have put on the new self who is being renewed to a true knowledge according to the image of the one who created him. A renewal in which there is no distinction between Greek and Jew, circumcised and uncircumcised, barbarian, scathian, slave and free man, but Christ is all and in all. So as those who have been chosen of God, holy and beloved, put on a heart of compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience, bearing with one another and forgiving each other, whoever has a complaint against anyone, just as the Lord forgave you, so also should you. Verse number 14, beyond all these things, put on love. Somebody say love which is the perfect bond of unity. And let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, to which indeed you were called in one body, and be thankful. Let the word of Christ richly dwell within you with all wisdom, teaching, and admonishing one another with psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing with thankfulness in your hearts to God. In verse number 17, Whatever you do in word or deed, do all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks through him to God the Father. Verse number 17 again says, whatever you do in word or deed, do in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks through him to God the Father. So this morning... The word of the Lord is already blessed, but this morning I want to simply talk to you, preach to you, teach to you from this subject. Let God change your behavior. Uh, somebody look at whoever's next to you, look whoever's in the room with you, whoever's at work, and make this declaration. I have to let God change my behavior. I got to let God do something new in me that I'm not used to. And, and, and for the past few weeks, we have been dealing with the post-resurrection issue of what now? What do I do now? Jesus died on the cross. He rose from the grave. He, he spent them days with the apostles and then he ascended to heaven. But what's next for me? And how am I supposed to live a new Christ, a new life in Jesus Christ? See, some people may think that this issue is just for the new believer, but I do believe that a lot of times we have to take a self-examination every now and then and make sure that the life we're living is pleasing to God. We have to make sure that what we're saying and what we're doing is pleasing in his sight. And if we're going to continue to say that we're Christians and we're going to continue to say that we're abstaining and holding on to a banner, we have to make 
make sure that we're wearing our personal banner in the way that Christ has ordained and sanctioned us to be. I'm, I'm here to talk to somebody this morning that to make sure that we are living the life we profess on Sunday when we're around a hundred of other saints or when we're around people that can shout and praise and worship with us. But I want to make sure that life that we're professing on Sunday that we're living Monday when the door closes behind us in our homes. Do I have anybody that can testify that I always haven't lived that life that I'm supposed to live? I always haven't worn this outfit that I'm supposed to be wearing as a Christian. I always haven't been doing exactly what I'm supposed to be doing in the body of Christ. I'm in a place where I got to get to this mindset of living how God called me to live. Do I have anybody uh, who can testify that I'm just in this place where I need to recondition my mind, my spirit, my heart. I got to recondition some things about me. But I believe in our text this morning that we will be able to get to a place of, uh, uh, of remotivating ourselves individually and remotivating the church altogether. And even if you have not been in this place ever before, it's an opportunity for you to start right now. So I'm going to give a quick recap of what we've learned over the last two weeks. Our, our first week of this series, we said, let God change your focus. Let God change your focus. And we dealt with the first, uh, first verse of Colossians 3 through the fourth verse. And we were understanding how we're going from what we thought was right in the world to identifying what God says is right in his word. So we allowed God to change our focus. Week number two, uh, we dealt with letting God change our desires. Moving from the sins we know, the sins that we love, and letting go of the strong temptations we struggled with and faced on a regular basis to desiring God more and more in our lives. See, we took a progression. We went from our focus to our desires. And today, we're going to finish this thing off and we're going to deal with let God change our behavior. Because, see, you can change your focus and try to think more on the things of God. You can change your desires and say, I don't want to sin anymore. But there's this internal man that we've been carrying and dealing with that keeps our behavior behavior sometimes in a place where it's not pleasing in the eyesight of God. It's like putting on new clothes. It's not. It's like putting on a new garment. And, and for so many people, and I'm going to deal with people that have been home right quick, uh, uh, that have been in their house right quick, you know how you, when you, uh, you've been home dealing with this pandemic and this shelter in place, so you really haven't had to change your clothes. I, I know that some people around that can sit there and say, I put on the same house coat every day. I put on the same outfit every day because nobody else can see me. Now, when I have a meeting at work, I might put on something uh, decent enough so that they can see me in the camera views. I know some of you have seen these videos where people have forgotten that they're only dressed from head to waist and they've gotten up from the camera and they're exposing who they are from the waist down. I'm, I'm, I'm not really talking about that, but I'm dealing with something major and dealing with something that we have to do when we're changing our desires or changing our behaviors because a lot of us have operated in that same way in our life. We put on something so that people can 
see a certain view. People can look at us in a certain way when in reality, underneath of that, we're still filthy and dirty. We're still stinking from the inside out. We're still dealing with our sin and our issues. We're still doing all these things that are in the world. We're still living this life that's not pleasing to God, except when we get in front of the people of God. Somebody say, I got to put on a new outfit. I got to change my behavior. In this scripture this morning, we're going to deal with some things about letting God change our behavior. See, sometimes we as believers and the church fall into this crazy trap of having pet sins. Having pet sins, these these sins that you might say are those sins we refuse to deal with while concentrating on others. I'm, there's a list that you're looking at right next to you right now that, that talks about the sins that we see in this eighth verse where it talks about slander and malice and wrath and anger and abusive speech. And a lot of times these are the sins that we don't want to face head on, but we'll deal with other sins in our life. We'll deal with certain sins when it's dealing with certain people and how it makes us seem and how it makes us uh, interact with certain people. So, for instance, some may find sexual sins as their pet sins. Somebody might find that that, that sexual sin is something that I just can't get rid of. I'm, I'm going to put that over here and I'm not going to really talk about that, but I'll talk about those people who gossip. I'll talk about those people who backbite. I'll talk about that person who lies. I'll talk about that person who steals. And I'll tell them that they're living a life of sin when in my own closet, I got my pet sins that I don't want nobody to deal with. Do I have a witness this morning? Somebody type that out. I got to deal with my pet sins. I got to deal with this thing that's bothering me, this thing that, that I've been holding on to. And I've been, uh, I've been, I really can't even say I've been struggling with it because I live and I enjoy that sin. There are some sins that we simply enjoy and we try to put that sin right there by us. Do I have anybody here that can testify right now that I've just simply been dealing with that sin and I've simply been dealing with some things in my mind and dealing with some things in my spirit. So my pet sin may not be the same thing for you. Your, your pet sin sin may not be my pet sin and my pet sin may not be your pet sin but there are things in our life that we're dealing with that we don't like to allow anybody else to know we don't like to allow anybody else to see we don't like to allow anybody else to tell us about our pet sins do, do, do does anybody know what i'm talking about this morning that 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 we that our pet sins are those things that we don't want anybody else to deal with about us. That, that, that we know we got an issue with it. We know that it's not supposed to be pleasing in God's sight. But I'm still dealing with that. So you ain't got to tell me about my sin. Do I have anybody this morning that deals with that type of sin in their life? Do I have anybody this morning that can simply say that I've been struggling with something and I'm, and I'm, and I'm trying to get myself together. I'm trying to do this thing that God has called me to do, and I'm trying to live a life that's pleasing to God. Amen. Do I have anybody that can testify of that 
place in their life. So, so this morning as we continue on and we continue in this book of Colossians looking at things, uh, we find the Apostle Paul admonishing that admonishing us to live a life that is free from sin and free from this behavior. The Apostle Paul was writing to the church at Colossia. He was dealing with the new form, the new form churches. He was dealing with all of these things, and he was simply saying that he has to, uh, uh, that they have to change their behavior. They have to change how they're living, how they're looking, and what they're doing. And we see the Apostle Paul dealing with and showing us and identifying how it is to live a life that's pleasing in God's sight. Live a life that's pleasing uh, in, in the realm and in the understanding of just what it is we're supposed to do. And, and, and I don't know about anybody, anybody else, but I can simply tell you that I've been in this place myself where, where, where I haven't always done the right thing, where I haven't always lived how God called me to live. I haven't always been who God called me to be and really I'm at a place right now that I'm trying to experience and see the best that God has for me the best that he's shown for me the best that he's done for me do I have anybody that can simply say I'm ready to see God's best in my life so we see Paul as he begins to talk to this church, and there are some things that he has told us. There are some things that we're experiencing. There are some things that we have to go through. There are some things, there are some changes in our life that we must mandate and see in order to be what God called us to be. Amen. Be who God said we should be and be what God said we would live and how we could live this life and live it more abundantly. Amen. And see if there's anything that we can change in our life. So I got about five things that I want to talk to you real quick and we're going to get out of here this morning. We're going to get out of here and we're going to worship and we're just going to enjoy God. But now that we're in this place, the first thing that I want to talk to you and deal with you about is concerning this. How do I let God change my behavior? How do I let God change my behavior? How do I let God change what I've done? How do I let God uh, uh, get hold of me? How do I let God really deal with me? How do I let God uh, uh, let God into my life, this life that I've been controlling myself for so long? How, how many people could testify that I've been in control of my life and I don't know how to let go of this control? I, I Once I got older, once I became an adult, I said I wasn't going to let anybody else do anything to me in my my life. I, told, I said that I wasn't going to be in this place. I said I wasn't going to allow anybody else to hurt me. But how many people can testify that I need to know and experience how do I let God change my behavior? Well, my first point today is this, by letting God change what I'm known by. By letting God change what I'm known by. By letting God change what I'm known by. By this, this change is something that must be 
uh, it must be internal. It, it must deal with how I've operated in my life. It must deal with how I've been in my life. It must deal with everything that's gone on with me, but I got to give it over to him so that we can be, we can identify just where I'm at or just where you are. So we have to allow God ch to change what I'm known by. Somebody say change what I'm known by. Change what I'm known by. If you go back and, and we look at the beginning of this scripture, it identifies some things that we have been known by. And it says this in the, in the eighth chapter, I mean, in the eighth verse, it simply says this, but now you also put them aside Put them all aside. Make sure you underline all. Put them all aside. Not partial, not a small portion, not what I really don't struggle with. But he said, but now you also put them all aside. Anger and wrath and malice and slander and abusive language from your mouth. It says, do not lie to one another since you laid aside this old self with your evil practices. So how... Do we allow God to let us to, to change uh, what we're known by? By first doing this. A Christian should be known for love and not anger. Love and not anger. Uh, a, a lot of times we have learned that, that love gets us hurt. That putting our heart out there for other people, that it gets us hurt a lot of times. You you know that you get into that relationship you with that person that you thought that you were going to marry. You thought you would be with for the rest of your life. You thought that, that, that you had an opportunity to grow with, but then things happen and then the divorce happens or then the child comes and you haven't gotten married yet the child comes and and they walk away from you you whether you're man or woman it doesn't matter which one I'm talking about I'm not just dealing with one gender but then you walk away lives change you grow separate you grow apart but then things happen where you now develop this anger for for relationship a anger for the opposite sex a anger that says I don't want to try this again I don't ever want to go through that again that hurt has come so hard and so now I build up this wall of hurt which looks like anger on the outside somebody say anger but but I gotta let you know that God loved you so much that he has not called you into an angry mindset he has not called you into a life where you're anger he said the greatest of all these things that I could give you is love why because God is love God is uh, uh God is all love. It's not that he's, it's a quality of him. He is love. And so now we have to understand that our nature has to reflect the image of God. Our nature has to reflect this thing that he's done for us, this thing that he's given us, this heart that he's given us to love. And yes, angry situations, hurtful situations will come. Minds, the times in your mind where you're going to feel like I can't love this person. But the Bible says that Jesus told us that no greater love that any man can have but to lay down his life for his friend. And if you are if you love God then you have to be willing to lay down your life for someone else you have to be able to exemplify love I'm not talking about dying from a physical sense but from a spiritual sense an emotional sense and a mental sense that person that 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 you're in love with that thing that 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 
child that you're in love with, you will do whatever you need to do for that person. But that same love that God has that we have to explain or have to exemplify in the earth is called the, the, the agape, agapeo love. Not, not agape love, but the agapeo love. That, that's the Greek word for it. That means God is love. God is all love, not just his nature of love, but him being love. So we have to love. We have to we should be known for our love and our and not our anger. Somebody say, I gotta love more. I gotta love more. That's our first point of the day. Our second point of the day. A Christian should be known by a life marked by appreciation and not slander. Slander, talking about somebody else. Slander, lying on somebody else. Slander, looking, uh, uh, looking for the opportunity to tear one another down. Just because you're not in relationship with someone anymore does not mean that you have to slander them does not mean that you have to talk about them. Whether you've left a church, whether you've left people, whether you've left relationships, even if they were not on good terms, you do not have to talk about them in your life. You, the, 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 the talking about part is not to help you heal. The, the slandering part is not, not for you, for your uh, development or your healing. The slandering part is simply because you feel like you have to get something off your chest because you don't want others to love them the same way that they won't love you. That you don't want others to appreciate them so we get into slandering one another. I'm talking to somebody there because somebody in church uh, uh, has has slandered somebody because they didn't do something for you. They've slandered somebody because they haven't always been there for you. They they turned away your advancements. They turned away the things in, 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 in uh, that you tried to do in their life. But we do not have to live a life of slander, and we should not be known by a slanderous nature in our life. Amen. I, I don't know who I'm dealing with this morning. But you have to live a life marked by appreciation. Appreciation of what? Pastor, you, you don't understand what they did to me. Appreciation that you still had the mindset to get up and walk away. The appreciation that you still had your right mind after all the hell you've been through. The appreciation that God still walked with you. The appreciation that God still covered you when you did slanderous things to him. The appreciation that God is still at the forefront of your life the appreciation of who God is in your life because that has to be at the forefront of who you are is your relationship with God your relationship with Christ you're taking off of this old outfit this old man this old woman and now putting on the image of Christ we saw Jesus on the cross who still would not talk bad about them that nailed him to a cross that still would not talk bad about them while they spit on him while they laughed at him while they mocked him Jesus said what on the cross father forgive them for they know not what they do I dare somebody declare to the people that have hurt you in your life God father 
Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. Because where they have put me at, I'm getting ready to experience elevation in my life. I don't think somebody heard what I just said. Yeah, they might have thought they knocked me down. They might have thought they talked about me. They might have said all manners of evil. But what the enemy meant for bad, my God meant for good. What they thought they was going to do to me only pushed me into my elevation. Somebody say I'm being elevated while they talking. I'm being elevated while they gossiping. I'm being elevated while they're doing all manner of evils to me. Yeah, it might look like I'm nailed to a cross to die, but I'm here to tell you that I'm coming out the grave just like my God. Somebody understand that I appreciate you talking about me because because you're talking about me, that means I'm moving forward in something that you couldn't contain, something that you couldn't hold on to, something that you couldn't understand, and I'm moving forward in the way that God has called me to move. So I'm in appreciation, and I won't slander you. That's number two. The first thing was we should be known for love and not anger. The second thing is appreciation and not slander. The third thing, and I think I might want to park there just for a second. Um, a Christian should be known for clean lips and not filthy language. Oh, I might have had about 20 people just cut off the broadcast just from that statement right there that a Christian should be known for clean lips and not filthy language. We, we, we have this tongue where the Bible says the tongue is like a two-edged sword. It can tear you down or it can build you up. The, the tongue, it, 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 it's one of those things that, that can hurt so many people by what we say out of our mouth. It, it can hurt so many people about the negativity and the nasty and the filthy things that we repeat out of our mouth when the four-letter word that we say is not love, when the four-letter word we say is not grace, when the four-letter word that we say or the five-letter word is not favor or the five-letter word is not patience and obedience and whatever it is but we use these four and five letter and six and twelve letter words as a way to tear people down but how many people know that we have to get to a mindset where we have to be known for clean lips clean lips what i can't tell somebody when i'm mad no the bible doesn't say that you cannot say you're mad or upset or you're hurt or anything. It's the way we communicate things to one another. Yeah, but this world is known for filthy language. Everywhere you turn, you turn on this uh, TV show, they saying this on there. We, we turn on this TV show, we turn on this uh, song on the radio and it's saying this and we turn, we go to the movies and we see this and, 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 and it, it sort of adds emphasis to certain things. But how many people know that there was a time where those were illegal to say? I grew up in a time where on TV you would never see any of those words being spoken. You would never see a woman being called out her name. You would never see uh, see children saying certain things. But now society has gotten to a place where we've allowed kids to say stuff. Society has gotten to a place where it's saying this should be acceptable and that should be acceptable. And kids or people should just be allowed to emphasize how they feel and express what they want. But no, I came from a time where you had to use discretion. You had to be 
obedient and we did not walk around using filthy language, especially when we were around adults, especially when you were around older people. And now we see that the disrespect is so major on certain levels where kids feel like they're at the same level as an older person, that kids feel like they can say whatever they want to say. And it comes because society has allowed things into it that are feeding our kids and feeding men and women with this language and this understanding that they can say what they want, they can do what they want. But as a Christian, I'm here to tell you that it's time to deal with that sin and that spirit that causes you to cuss, that causes you to have filthy language, that causes you to be out of the will of God. Because how can out of one breath you say, I love you, God, and then curse out your neighbor? The Bible says, how can you love God whom you can't see, but not love your neighbor that you can see? Somebody say, I got to get rid of the filthy language. I got to get rid of the way that I talk. I got to get rid of the way that I'm thinking in my mind. And I got to get back to a place where I'm looking like Christ. I'm looking like what he said. And so now we've dealt with from love to anger to appreciation from slander, from filthy lips to clean lips. And my fourth point this morning is simply this. A Christian should be known for Christ's compassion and forgiveness, not hatred and malice. Uh, Christ's compassion and forgiveness. But but how many times should I forgive them, Pastor? How, the Bible says this, that Peter went to Jesus and said, uh, said uh, Lord, how many times should, a brother, should I forgive my brother if he sins against me or if he does me wrong? He, and Peter said three times. And Christ looked at Peter and said, no, let's try seven times 70 in one day. Oh, man, somebody just got hurt with that one right there. You ain't forgave the person that offended you 20 years ago for the one offense that they did to you. You don't even remember that offense. You just simply saying they did something to me, so I'm not going to like them. So now I'm not showing them compassion or forgiveness. I'm going to continue to operate in hatred and malice towards them. But the Bible says that seven times 70, if they come back and ask you for forgiveness, that you're supposed to forgive them. So some people don't even understand that right there, that I got to get to a place where it's not about necessarily what they did, but I got to free myself from the bondage of holding on to the offense. I got to free myself from the bondage of holding on because it's causing me detriment in my life if I can't forgive them, if I can't show compassion to them. It's causing me detriment in my life. So I got to go from compassion I got to go from hatred and malice to compassion and forgiveness. Go from compassion, go from hatred to compassion. Hatred. It seems like it's a strong word. It seems like it's a word that, but, but do you understand that we hate in a lot of ways? There, there are people that's sitting right around you right now that are holding resentments for something that you did that you don't even know that you did. A lot of the offenses that are, are unresolved come because we won't communicate with one another. You hurt me. You did this. You did that. And, and I haven't been able to get over it. I want to get past it. I want to get through it. I want to get 
around it, but I just seem not to be able to do it. So right now, I, I think that this is a good place before I continue on for somebody to simply say, God, forgive me for the hatred and the harboring that I've been doing. I, I haven't been perfect with you, God, so how can I expect somebody else to be perfect with me all the time? God, I, I've fallen short of your glory, and I ask you to forgive me, but I'm holding and harboring hatred to other people because... They've done me wrong, and it hurt my heart. It hurt my spirit. It hurt my soul, but I have not forgiven them. So, God, forgive me for my unforgiveness. Somebody type that out for me real quick. God, forgive me for my unforgiveness, for my lack of compassion, for my lack of understanding. Because if I continue to say that I'm a child of God, if I continue to say that I love God, if I continue to say that I'm, I'm, I'm his heir and a joint heir with Christ Jesus, the nature that I have to take on is a nature of compassion and forgiveness. Does that mean I have to let everybody back into my environment or into my purview? No, I don't. But that means I still have to operate in forgiveness, operate and forgiveness. So not only that, we have to be as Christians should be known for having a heart full of thanks and be grateful, not abusive. A heart full of thanks and to be grateful, not abusive. Where have we learned abusive natures from? It's generally something that we've seen growing up, something that we've experienced growing up. Abusiveness, the way we talk to one another. Abuse just not, is not just a physical thing. Abuse can be an emotional thing. Abuse can be a, a, a mental thing. Abuse can even be spiritual when you're dealing with the house of God. Abuse can be the, the way of control over somebody. Uh, abuse can be physical. Uh, abuse can be strong arming. And you don't have to be the strongest person to have physical abuse on another person. You don't have to be the biggest person to, pro uh, to promote physical abuse on, on another person. But we have to get to a place where we're learning not to be abusive. I know that when we talk about mental health issues that the church really doesn't want to deal with it and talk about it, but there are times where you need to get help. You need to go to anger management. You need to get some mindset done. It's not because you're not worth, you're, 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 you're too big for it or you're just that bad, but sometimes you really got to deal with and understand issues about yourself because anger management is not about the other person. It's how do I I deal with the triggers in my life. How do I deal with the issues in my life that are causing me to lash out? What's pent up? What's built up on the inside of me that is causing me to lash out and hurt others or hurt even hurt myself? So now we got to get to a mindset. You need to talk to somebody. Yeah, I know we pray. Yes, I know we ask God to heal us and deliver us. And there's also the process of understanding what it is that's causing this to happen somebody say i need some help i need 
some help and I'm, I'm, I, I understand to pray and I'm going to pray with you. I understand. Can I, can I be truthful with you? Pastor Thomas has even taken anger management classes. There, there was so much built up on the inside of me from a child, from a youth, from a teenager, from a young adult that I needed to find out why I was reacting and responding a certain way. Uh, but that doesn't make me less of anybody. That means I really need to understand why I'm relapsing. See, when you, when you deal with a person that's on drugs or alcohol and they have a relapse, it's not about the relapse, but what caused the relapse to happen? What caused this situation? What was it that triggered this thing? And a lot of times we look at the flesh or we look at the outward manifestation, but we never deal with the internal and extra and, 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 and the emotional thing that caused us to have relapses in our life. There's relapses not just with alcohol. There's relapses not just with drugs. There's relapses with anger. There's relapses with slander. There's relapses with malice. There's sexual relapses that people have had because they don't feel love by one sex. They go back to the other where they felt love at. They deal with certain issues in their life, but there's deeper, there are deeper harbored feelings that are going on with them that has to be dealt with. Somebody say, I got to get out of this abusive nature. I got to get out of this abusive relationship. I don't even know who I'm talking to this morning, but there is an opportunity for you to get away from this and and not only this but number 6 is this a christian should be known for living christ and the word every day and not for living the word for the world and its sin let me repeat that a christian should be known for living christ and the word every day and not for living for the world and its sin. And this is my last point for the day. And, and, and I really need you to understand that the way we put off the old and replace it with the new self comes from knowing Christ and getting closer to him. We must learn his expectations for our life. But how do we get to know him? How do we take off that old man and put on this new man? It will take God's power plus our practice. It will take the anointing of God plus our determination and our practice to put on this new clothes. Uh, let, let, let's look at it like this. All of us have gotten older in life. When I was in my 20s, I weighed 200 pounds. I was easy at 200 pounds. I'm 43 now and I weigh 250. So that means I can't fit the clothes that I used to wear. So I got to buy new clothes according to the weight that I'm carrying. Somebody just missed what I just said. With this relationship with God, we can't continue to think we look like what we used to look like. So now that we're in a relationship with God, we have to go out and shop for things that match the relationship and the appearance that we're wearing. Oh, I'm coming down somebody's street. For too long in your life, you have been wearing the same thing that you used to wear and simply tried to throw a garment on that said, I was saved. So you were wearing your jeans, your skirt, your dress, or you were wearing your shirt and your tie from your 
past life and you tried to throw on a coat that said that I'm saved. But God said, no, because I made all things new, I need you to strip down and get naked before my throne. I need you to strip down and get naked before me and take off that old man with his old ways, with his old nature. And now I need you to put on a whole new identity, a whole new uh, outfit, a whole new thing that's brand new, that's been washed in my blood, that's been sanctified for me, that has been redeemed by me, that has been restored by me, that has been that's designed to change who you used to be. Yeah, I used to be called Taz back in the day, but Taz walked away when that, when that old man died. And who I am now is that I'm a new creature created in Christ's image for his joy and his incitement and his likeness. I've been recreated in his image and his in his likeness for good work. So I got to put off what Taz used to look like and put on who God called me to look like now. I got to identify with what God said I should be. You must have an ongoing review of our behavior so I gotta constantly check myself somebody say it's time to check myself we must have patience also we gotta understand that we're not perfect we're gonna make mistakes but I gotta bring those mistakes back to the throne so that I can change out what I had and the mistakes that I have for who God called me to be we must have patience and then not only that we have to have a concentration to keep in line with God's will for our personal behavior. What is God's will for our personal behavior? You got to realize no matter your color, no matter your uh, your nationality, if you're saved and you call yourself a Christian, guess what? Then you need to act like a Christian. You need to act like it. You need to stop like the world has called you to act like oh I'm getting happy real quick because there was some times in my life where I called myself a Christian but I did not act like a Christian I drank I partied I did everything but the, but be the child of God that I was professing to be but then when Jesus grabbed me when I got to that place where I said God I'm done with it God I'm finished with it and I need a renewal in my life I need to know who you are for my life I need to know what you can be in my life I'm no longer trying to harbor who I used to be because what I've been saying does not match the actions that I've been playing and so what I used to be is what I'm not trying to be anymore so now I gotta act like I'm who you called me to be I gotta act like what you called me into I'm no longer a son of the enemy I'm now a son of the most high I'm now a child of God I'm now the heir and a joint heir with Christ Jesus and if I'm gonna say that I'm that now I gotta start acting like it I dare somebody in their house right now begin to testify it's time for me to act like who I'm calling to be it's time for me to act like what I'm supposed to be doing it's time for me to act like the God that I serve it's time for me to change who I used to be to become who God called me to be and I gotta understand that it's more than analyzing your intentions it's more than analyzing your life. I need you to ask yourself this, and I'm just about done. Are your motives, your thoughts, and your actions pleasing to God? Are your motives, are your actions, are they pleasing to God? 
Are your motives are your actions and are your thoughts pleasing to God? If you say yes about everything that you're doing, then amen. God bless you. But if you know that everything that you've done has not been pleasing in God's sight, if you know that everything that you say out of your mouth is not pleasing to God, then I need you to realize this. What is it that you need to strip off today? What is it that you've been wearing? What is it that you've been doing? What is it that you've been saying? Why? Because in the last part of this scripture, I'm going to read through it real quick and we're done. Starting at verse number 10, it says, and have, and have put on the new self who is being renewed to a true knowledge according to the image of the one who created me. We have to get to a place where we're putting on this new self. Verse number 11 says this, a renewal in which there is no distinction between Greek or Jew. Back then we know that the Jews were the one that served the true and living God. But the Greeks served plenty gods. They served multiple gods. But at this place where Paul had been bringing the gospel to the Greek, to Rome, and they were becoming Christians and serving one God. There was no longer a distinction between who the Jews served and who the Greeks served. So now we all have to look the same because we're serving the same God. Not only that, I'm going to go back real quick. It says the circumcised or the uncircumcised. We know that the circumcision was a rite of passage for the Jews. It was a mark and a banner and a sign that it was a blood covenant that their lives were given to the one and true living God. But once Jesus died and he became the circumcision for us, he became the sacrifice for us. Those that were not circumcised, those that were not uh, uh, cut and the blood poured over, those that did not experience that still had a right to access the same God. There's a change, there's a shift that has taken place. Barbarians and Scathians. The barbarians lived off on the coast and they were different from the Jews and the Greeks. They were civilized, but the gospel had been taken even to them. So those that did not seem like they were cultured. Too many times we only want those in the body of Christ that look like they should be in the body of Christ. The ones who wear the suit and ties, the one who wears the nice dresses. But the Bible says that the gospel was offered to the barbarians and the Scathians, those that look to be less than what people thought. If the word of God is true, that 
Jesus won't return until every man has had an opportunity to hear of the Son of God. That means everybody has the opportunity to give their life to Christ. The slave and the free man. But it says this, but Christ is all. And in all. So who you don't qualify is not the question. It's who God qualifies to be his child. It's not who wears the big hat on Sunday, who can dress the nicest on Sunday. It's not even who knows the most scripture on Sunday. It's about who has a heart to serve God. Who has a heart to put on this new image? Jesus said, behold, I make all things new. So I don't care what they called you in the past. But today I'm telling you that God is calling you his friend. Jesus said, you are my friend. They called you broke. They called you ugly. They called you hurt. They called you less than. They said that you're good for nothing. But Jesus said, no, I call you my friend. They called you a prostitute. They called you a whoremonger. They said you're you're lazy. You're good for nothing. Jesus said, no, I call you my friend. And because I called you my friend, I called you into relationship with me. Because I can be your all. I can be everything that you need. Everything you desire everything you hope for. I can be that and then some. Real quick. Verse number 12 says this. So as those who have been chosen of God, holy and beloved, put on a heart of compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience, bearing with one another and forgiving each other. Whoever has a complaint against anyone just as the Lord forgave you, so also should you. Because now, we're no longer the slanderer. We have a heart of love, a heart of kindness. We operate in humility, gentleness and patience, and compassion. Bow your heads. Father God, in the name of Jesus, we thank you for this worship time, God. We thank you for this experience to draw close to you. And God, as we continue to put on our new garments, because we're a continuous work, for your word declares that he who has begun a good work in us shall perform it until the day of Jesus Christ. We know that we're your workmanship created in Christ Jesus for good works. But at this moment and at this time, God, we're putting on what we should like, should look like according to your will, according to your purpose. So, Father, if there's anybody under the sound of my voice that does not know you, we're going to offer them five things. The first thing is a relationship with you. The Bible says this simply, if you confess with your mouth and believe in your heart that Jesus Christ is your Lord and Savior, then you shall be saved. It's not a hard 
thing. It's a choice that you make. It's just like walking into the store. If you take, if you want to buy something new, you pick it up and you take it to the register. You pay for it. You go home. You take off the old clothes and you put on the new clothes. Are you ready to take off who you used to be and put on who God called you to be? That's number one. Number two is this. If you've been in a backslidden state in your life, you took off what you looked like that day you came to the cross. And you wanted to go back and wear that old outfit because that old outfit made you feel a certain way. But now you understand that that old outfit did nothing but bring you more hurt, more brokenness, more uneasiness. And you're ready to say, God, I'm ready to take this off and put you back on in my life. I know you. I've had a relationship with you, but I just walked away. Simply say these, God, here I am. I've backslidden. I know that I've hurt you. But I need you in my life. Will you have me? The third thing is, if you have been for so long, feeling like you're empty, you've been a child of God, you know God, you have a relationship with God, but it feels like you have no power. It feels like the outfit is dirty and you need it cleaned and washed. You need someone to lead you, guide you, to be your friend, your guide, and your comforter. I want to offer you the acceptance of the Holy Spirit. Yes, you have God. You have the relationship. You even have the picture that the, that the Holy Spirit is supposed to dwell in. But you feel like that picture is empty. You're saying, God, I need to be filled up with your spirit. I need to be filled up with your power. God, I receive your spirit into my life. Not just a relationship, but I receive your spirit in my life. I'm ready to tap into the power source. I've moved into the house, but the house has no power. reaching out to you to fill me up with your power with your Holy Spirit number four is this healing God you know that I've been angry simply because I haven't healed from my pain I simply have not healed from the hurt from the abuse and I've been angry I've been in malice I've slandered I've had filthy language, God. I know you, I love you, but I've been operating out of hurt and it's produced all these other things. And I need healing. If that's you, 
Father God, in the name of Jesus, we just thank you that they've come to an understanding that they're broken. Your word says that healing is the children's bread. Isaiah, it says that you were wounded for our transgressions, you were bruised for our iniquities, and the chastisement of our peace was upon you, and by your stripes we are healed. But they've been broken for so long, so God right now touched them in a mighty way. Dig deep down into the recesses of their memory, their spirit, their emotional makeup, their mental makeup, and even for some, their spiritual makeup. And reach into that place where the hurt began and God do surgery on them. God reach into them and pull out those areas that they have not given over to you. Whether it's parental hurt. Whether it's spousal hurt, ex-spousal hurt. Whether it's children hurt. Whether it's parent hurt. Whether it's hurt from rape. Whether it's hurt from abuse. God, it's time that we are mended from the hurtful places that have been governing, governing our lives. The abandonment, the loneliness. The place that we have tried to continue to operate on our own way and not giving it over to you. The people that have died and left us. The people that have hurt us. The people that are gone. The people that said that they would never do it to us. Those that we trusted. Reach down in and heal and mend those places. We give it over to you. God, bring dynamic and, and, and miraculous manifestation of healing in our lives. Relationships that have been broken that need to be restored. God, supernaturally go into the midst of the atmosphere and restore brokenness, hurt, anger. Take your love and cover all. Take your love and cover all. In Jesus' name, amen. And my last thing is this. If you don't have a church home, yes, we're in a pandemic right now. We're sheltered in place. We're, they're easing up on restrictions, but you don't have a church home. Liberty would love to be your church home. <laughs> we have a new slogan, no games, no gimmicks, just Jesus. We can offer you a relationship to build your relationship with Christ. To know that you're amongst a, a loving body of believers that's going to love with you, that's going to love on you. We would love to have you. You can reach out to us on our Facebook page, our website, whatever it may be. Contact our church. We would, get it. We would love to get connected with you.
I would love to pray with you. I would love to walk with you. If there's anything that you need during this pandemic, let us know. Let us know. Don't, don't suffer in silence. Let us know. For those that have been sick, even one of our own partners was dealing with COVID-19. And my testimony for her today is that she came through. She came through. If you're struggling and dealing with it right now, I know God to be a healer. The Bible says that weeping may endure for a night, but joy comes in the morning. Somebody declare joy. Joy. And real quick, we're going to jump into our communion portion of our service. Amen. In Luke, the 22nd chapter. So get your cups, get your, get your, uh, get your crackers and get your cups. In the 22nd chapter of Luke, it says this. Beginning at the 14th verse, it says, When the hour had come, he reclined, he being Jesus, and the apostles with him. And he said to them, I have earnestly desired, I have earnestly desired to eat this Passover with you before I suffer. For I say to you, I shall never again eat it until it is fulfilled in the kingdom of God. And the Bible says that when he had taken the cup, when he had taken the cup, when he gave thanks, he said, take this and share amongst you. Before we even go further, there's a portion of this where we talk about examining yourself. Making sure that you are not drinking or eating to damnation. If you know, and, and this has been the whole focus of my service today or my sermon today, is making sure that you're clothed right and that you have released and let go of all of this other stuff. If you may not have surrendered at any other point of this service, but at this moment, I want you to take about 10 seconds to examine yourself before we go any further. Only you know if you're right in the eyes of God. So I want you to take about 10 seconds. And while you take about 10 seconds, I'm going to continue on. The Bible says that he took the bread. He took the bread. And he broke the bread. And he said, this is my body, which I freely give for you. And when he broke the bread... It represented his body being broken on the cross. And I know I jumped ahead of myself a little bit. The Bible says this, verse number 18, For I say to you that I will not drink of the fruit or of the vine from now on until the kingdom of God comes. In verse number 19, he says, And when he had taken some bread and he had given thanks, he broke it and gave it to them, saying, This is my body, which is I've given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. Amen. <laughs> Amen. Amen. 
He also took the cup and he ate of the bread. He also took the cup and he ate of the bread. Let us prayerfully eat together. Amen. The Bible says that he also took the cup and he gave thanks and he said, this is my blood which I poured out for the remission of your sins. The Bible says that he took the cup and he blessed it and he drank. Amen. Amen. And on that night, the Bible said that he did not have a benediction. They did not have a benediction on that evening. The Bible said that they went in peace. And so, I'm going to leave you with this, as always, leave you with my last few sayings. To live on purpose, live for purpose, but most importantly, live in God's purpose. And where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. Amen. For more information about our church, visit our website at www.lccimd.org. Also, follow us on all social media platforms by searching LCCIMD. And remember, where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty.